State of Digital Publishing is a publication and community for digital publishing and media professionals in new media and technology. In this episode, we speak with Ankit Oberoi, co-founder and CEO of AdPushup, about the state of yield optimization. AdPushup is a one-stop revenue optimization platform for web publishers. In addition to being a Google NPM AdX partner, they're also a Microsoft Ventures-backed startup. Let's begin. Hi, Ankit. How are you? Here I am. Good. How yourself? I'm, I'm good. Thanks. Thanks for connecting with us today. Really appreciate it. Great. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. I was actually introduced to Ankit from a mutual connection from ours. And, you know, they've been one of the leaders in yield optimization. And we'll go a bit more into that in detail. And we haven't really covered that across the publication before um, and our podcast. But before we go into that, Ankit, um, I'd love to just get a bit of background about this, your story and how, uh, because you've you had a quite a bit of an entrepreneurial background, you've started many startups and everything else, but I'd love to know a bit more about how you came into what is at Push-Up today. Thanks, thanks, Wahe. Uh, quick introduction. Hi, hi everybody. I'm Ankit Obroy, founder and CEO at, at Push-Up. Regarding my background, so, you know, and how this came together, I've been actually running startups since 2004. So it's been a good 16-year journey so far. My first startup was in the web infrastructure space back when, you know, it wasn't called cloud. And I ran that business for three years, sold it off, you know, when I entered college and, you know, dropped out of college in the first semester, started my second company called InnoBuzz, which was an information security space, which I ran for about seven years. After which in 2014, AdPushup got started. And AdPushup was essentially more sort of a cross-pollination of ideas because at InnoBuzz on our B2C business, we were essentially uh, doing a lot of A-B testing uh, as a marketeer on our landing pages. And uh, one of our early team members as well also had a lot of experience in AdSense. In fact, we had, you know, uh, received an AdSense account probably back in, you know, when, when the AdSense network started within the first six months or one year. So, you know, clubbing those experiences together, we realized that publishers had no tools or models or systems. They were technically underserved compared to marketeers and they couldn't do any A-B testing or nobody, nor was anybody trying out A-B testing of ad layouts. And that's essentially how AdPushup was born. It was more sort of a weekend project, which me and the early team members, we were essentially hacking some code, putting together some, some scripts on the client side to test out how ad layout optimization could improve yield for publishers nice and who, who are some of the SaaS players that you're trying to compare with in order to come up with a pub, more pub, publisher specific solution at the time yeah i mean back then see we saw a lot of uh, we saw a lot of SaaS platforms but they were all marketer focused i think we looked at optimizely in fact a friend of mine started a company called wingify which which ran visual website optimizer they were yeah. also one of the leaders in the space that this was more in the smb mid-market space and the enterprise you had adobe test and target but everyone we spoke to all these tools we, which we spoke to back then none of them were essentially serving publishers and all the publisher side optimization tools which you would see uh, they were more focused on rtb they were essentially all server side options and back then, as you know, 2014, it was still a very largely AdSense dominated market. Even ad exchange wasn't that big, maybe except for the last largest uh, 400, 500 publishers. So everywhere we went to, we realized, you know, and, you know, publishers had ma massive challenges. Ad operations team did not understand engineering or technology. 
they had to speak to engineers they were frustrated with you know sending code to engineers to put javascript on the website and and that's what we saw in those early days which made us uh, realize you know it's probably a very large problem which is probably also category creation because publishers don't even uh, understand that they can change real time the the position of the ad units placement and you know just a b test the ad layout so that led you into ad layout optimization but then you mentioned as well that that's led you to specialize and become well known particularly through the content you published for yield optimization so what was the difference that led you into focusing on more yield optimization today yeah actually yeah that's how we essentially got started see if you look at the whole yield problem right it's 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 a combination of parameters and for us to enter the market with the ad layout. So essentially our positioning was still the same. We were helping publishers improve and optimize their yield, but just that the parameters which we were using to optimize it back then was, uh, you know, we were a category creator. We pioneered this and which opened like opened the whole market for us without any competition. And, you know, as we started penetrating and understanding the market, started working with more publishers, we of course expanded the scope of our offering. And, you know, we became from an ad layout optimization company to more of a, you know, ad revenue optimization platform, which is predominantly how, you know, we expanded just from layout to overall yield optimization and uh, which is why we probably now today also do, you know, pre-bid, we, we do client-side auctions, we do server-side auctions using a lot of open source plus proprietary technology uh, built on top of that. But today, the way we look at yield optimization is essentially a combination of not just the page as well, but also the user for starting all the way from the user to the page uh, and then the auction model, which is being used, whether that's client side, server side, et cetera. For us, these three large pillars constitute and make uh, yield optimization. From what I've seen and remember, from 2016 onwards, there was a flurry of MarTech solutions that came into the market and we saw increasingly that there were even more publisher-specific solutions. You mentioned how there's the three pillars of tech stack that you're using to build um, your category-defining product. What have you seen changes since then and why do you still think that AdPushUp is still at the forefront of, of ad revenue optimization? Right. So see, and you're absolutely right. Since 2016, a lot of things have changed. Like, you know, I mentioned, in fact, 2014, 15, I still remember even in the mid-market, uh, publishers who would probably make between, you know, up to $100,000 a month or maybe a million dollar annually, which is there's a nice large mid-market apart from the long tail of web publishers, they were all still using Google AdSense, right? Uh, yeah. Prebid really revolutionized and started picking up really well. And I think 2016, 17, 18, those three years were really crucial. Uh, if you'd go back to 2015 or maybe early 16, uh, Prebid wasn't really working that well. The SSPs, uh, which we know as large SSP providers today, weren't doing that great. Their DBM seats optimization, the spend wasn't working that well at that time. So I think uh, uh, one big change would happen is, of course, the pre-bid overall as an ecosystem did really, really well and started working out, which sort of paved a lot of way for, like you said, you know, a lot of publisher side companies. But one of the things which we sort of, uh, you know, always made sure we were looking at the revenue optimization more holistically because, you know, what we realized is in our process of working with publishers and building our product that 
the challenge is not just uh, pre-bid or the challenge is not just the auction model. Intrinsically in the industry, the way publishers work today, they are good at creating content. They're great at maybe attracting audiences, whether that channel could be social or search, but they don't understand technology as well. In fact, you know, the moment we started even looking into pre-bid and how some of the largest publishers or even some of these providers were using pre-bed coming from a technology background, especially deep tech like information security. We were able to find so many problems and even, you know, how some protocols were being used for server-side auctions. And in fact, you know, we in some cases almost re-engineered a lot of things, the whole stack which publishers were using. So what we realized is, you know, they're great at content pieces, audiences, but they really need a strong technology partner which gave us this view of looking at not just pre-bed client-side server-side options, but the holistic view of those three pillars where, you know, you need to really have a deeper understanding of, you know, the user, the page. Sometimes uh, publishers would, and I'll give an example of that. Publishers run their, you know, the most common stack, which is ad exchange with header bidding partners and a bunch of things. But in some cases for specific users or specific pages, you know, an affiliate network even for that matter might do well. So you need to look at it more sort of like from a flat point of view and like make all the different parameters uh, be given an equal weightage and make them compete. And that's some of the things, you know, which came out which made us stand apart from just somebody who's a publisher site platform doing X, Y, or Z uh, of the equation, but not connecting the whole system, which optimizes the overall yield quite a bit. Personally, from writing a bit about the topic and just my experience across the broad uh, section, I, I still see that like people even look, looking for yield optimization or ad revenue optimization might be very narrow because like you said, it seems like it's going to be a new category. What's some of the ways you can bring people's attention and help them resolve their technical issues and help them realize that actually you have to look at things holistically? Is that through the blog or is that through educating them? What are you doing now to shift that perception sure. of how to address that problem that they're experiencing? Sure. Sure. See, it's, it's actually a problem which exists in a lot of markets in a slightly different way. Think of it as a, as a problem between a microservice and a monolithic business. So uh, a microservices or monolithic business have the same set of challenges where, you know, like either you want to have specialist or you have, want to have a complete system working together. And, you know, the way we solve is, like you said, is, of course, content is a very large part of it. Uh, we use content marketing. We use a lot of resources to educate. We actually... Uh, for, you know, the larger publishers, we go offline events, we conduct workshops as well. But at the end of the day, it's a combination, you know, like the the marketing team will, of course, try to explain these concepts as much as they can. And content marketing has existed. In fact, one uh, piece of information there is we actually started our blog even before we started uh, the company's product. Uh, in the sense, we even before we launched the product, we were creating our blog. So content mm -hmm. marketing has been a strong pillar in our overall journey. In our publisher development team, we actually have more of consultants than sales, which ensures that, you know, uh, when uh, you, we speak to publishers, we're able to give them a more holistic understanding of the problems they have, the challenges they have in their stack, what is it that they're missing, and to be able to drive conversations. It's a lot of education, which we need to do, essentially. And that's what, you know, our team does. We try to make sure that we give them the best recommendation and educate the market instead of trying to sell or, you know, position our product. Is this applicable for all publishers or do you guys work with a certain level of publishers in order to maximize the best yield optimization for, for that publisher? Yeah. That's a great question. And, you know, this has changed over the years for us. Uh, when we started out, we were essentially open for everybody. But, you know, as you start understanding the market more, this requires, you know, for you to, for a business to be able to really serve 
its users well. It requires a certain level of focus. And, you know, as we're expanding, what we're realizing is, you know, focus is helping us even more because now we're able to build specifically for the segment of the market, for the segment of the publishers and uh, build up because we're very, very product oriented. We, we want to make sure that, you know, the, the market we focus on or the segment we focus on all their needs and requirements are taken care of. So while initially it was sort of a pl platform open for all publishers, over the years we've we've started adding focus areas. For example, uh, you know, we today would probably work with a publisher which at least does, you know, sort of like two or three million page views a month. And uh, while this is not sort of a very hard limit, we, we've realized for our system to work effectively uh, because we use a bunch of data science uh, it requires statistical significance and for us to create so many data points and the learning to happen faster any publisher which is lower than those thresholds it, it just takes a lot more experimentation time not creating you know clear value within a short time frame of onboarding the publisher so so you know that traffic limit came into the picture because of data reasons which i shared similarly we started focusing on certain markets uh, which was more sort of business reasons you know because we know where the larger markets are similarly we started focusing more on certain segments so for example today we do really good with an audience like the geek audience or you know the technical audiences where we have uh, users from some you know publishers from some of the largest websites which target engineers which target technology like yeah. geeks for geeks or java t point etc so we generally do really well in that market and also because you know one of our core offering also includes monetizing ad blocked impressions and as you know you know gamers or uh, the technical audiences are more more prone to using ad blockers so so you know that that kind of helps again optimize the overall yield even more so just to play devil's advocate do you see any concerns with like pushing out more of the smaller publishers or mid-tier publishers and just focusing on the larger ones? Like, is there going to be sort of missed revenue opportunities for them? And do you think that potentially if many competitors are in the similar mind space as you are in focusing on more of the specific criteria publishers that it might uh, limit yourself in, in trying to grow at, at push-up? If your question's about, you know, like mid-market enterprises and what value we have, I think uh, that would, uh, like you said, you know, like would, depend a lot on the categories but i think we're still focused more on the mid-market and we're, we're trying to understand enterprise enterprise is a very different market we have of course made some progress there but you know enterprise is a totally different market altogether where you know it's uh, and this happens i think with any business you know if you're looking at from for a, for a monolithic system to come in enterprises will anyway be uh, more rigid against us because you know how they're just that how they're structured so you have to have, you know, again, uh, you know, foot in the door or a microservices sort of a model to get into them before you expand. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how we look at the enterprise market. The solutions do work, uh, whether that's a mid-market account, but I think it's more sort of a business call because uh, while your product essentially and everything remains the same, the way you transact and how, the way how the decision making happens in an enterprise business versus a mid-market is, is completely different. So I think from a business standpoint, those those are very, very different beasts to tackle. Just on the point about potentially publishers missing out on uh, unlocking further revenue, um, is it just a case for them to just encourage them to keep, continue to build up the existing publication with what they're doing with good quality content and journalism? Or, or do they just have to maybe focus on Google AdX for now and just then wait until they can move on to more heavier tech stack like ad, ad push up? What, what would you say for more of the small publishers that are aspiring to to use similar solutions like that push up right so i think if uh, it's for smaller publishers 
I would say, you know, hands down focus on, on the content and building a, an audience, especially an audience, you know, which is, which has more time, uh, you know, they're spending, which is a valuable audience for advertisers, but uh, you, they shouldn't really worry about ad exchange or ad revenue at all, at least initially, you know, until they cross a million page views or so a month, uh, irrespective of what channel that is that they're bringing that traffic from initially, right? And the reason I say that, you know, I think what, what is required in the publishing industry is publishers need to think of their website as a product. Yeah. The moment you start looking at that as a product, you know, then you have a lot of these product matrices which come in, you know, like revenue per user and stuff like that. But, you know, if you think about any product which is just started, right? The, uh, uh, for a product manager, the, or especially a B2C product manager, their focus shouldn't be monetization on day one. The first thing you want to do is build a solid audience, which is valuable, which matches your persona, which is, you know, basic, basis your business strategy and, you know, keep them engaged. Uh, monetization in the journey of a website or any product for that matter, I think comes in a little later. Uh, so if you're a smaller publisher, I would say just don't worry too much about monetization. Just make it, you know, as, as you know, in the startup world, it's called Raymond profitability. Just keep it Raymond profitable. Do not optimize or overkill the uh, optimization process too much initially. And, you yeah. know, slowly pick it up once you've crossed maybe a million or two million uh, users a month, at least in terms of engagement. I appreciate that, Akhil. Um, let's move on to looking at what the current state is at the moment. So particularly from a search point of view, because my background is very much in SEO and search. Um, there's also, there's been the announcement of the new web vitals metrics that, you know, Google um, webmaster team has, has announced and they're going to incorporate more towards 2021. And, you know, there, there are potentially some solutions out there that incorporate UX into improving um, ad layer optimization or, or yield optimization. Um, what are your overall thoughts about some of the things that Google have talked about with the web vitals and, and where do you think that's going to help? Where do you think publishers need to think more future thinking towards for improving the ad, the ad layouts and, and sort of improving their overall web vitals? That's again a great question because if you put user experience and monetization in the same equation, I think that's where you get balance. A lot of publishers today, what they're looking at is just add eCPM or, you know, like a page CPM, RPM in that way, which I think is, is one of the biggest problems we have today. The metric is designed to make publishers think very short term, all because they think of it as very transactional. But the moment you transcend as a publisher and start thinking of it like a product, you know, your, your uh, revenue per user, not just on the page, it gives a more long-term view into the business. And that's why, you know, the UX comes into the picture because there's definitely a trade-off, you know, if you, if you're looking for uh, a lot of revenue from a very short-term transactional visit by showing too many ads, et cetera, that's, that definitely takes a toll on the UX. We've done a lot of studies where we've A-B tested time on site, page use per session, uh, the return rates. And, uh, you know, of course, there's a, there, there are places where there's fine balances and it, of course, changes a lot based on every niche, every category, what kind of visitors you have, uh, you know, which country they're coming from, et cetera, et cetera you know, a lot of parameters, but there's definitely some sort of a trade-off. And generally, it's very difficult for publishers to understand that without data. So so my view on that is uh, what a publisher should essentially do it. First of all, stop thinking about, you know, CPMs and move to a more long-term metric, uh, which automatically takes into account your return visitors. It takes into account how many, uh, you know, page views people are viewing, et cetera, which is basically what user experience is. And if you get that balance, I think that's a win-win because 
uh, like you said, you know, search engines are looking at it more carefully now. The traffic which Google is sending to all these websites, they want to be cognizant of, you know, how these websites are treating their visitors. And the moment you put UX in your overall monetization strategy, because, you know, we know everybody knows how many calls ad servers and uh, SSPs make on a page, slowing down pages at some cases. So that brings that balance, you know, which is very much needed from a long-term monetization as well as user, user experience point of view, if I was able to explain that. No, that make, that's clear. Um, is there anything uh, particularly on that front that your team's excited about or looking to, to work on on the product map? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, see, I think we're, we're integrating these search insights even more. I would say a large portion of the publishers that we work today generate a lot of their traffic from, from search engines. And, you know, as uh, you know, we look at it, uh, essentially, you know, if you think of a publisher's business, it, it, it's made out of, you know, they have three needs. One is they need more traffic. Uh, second, they need to, of course, uh, generate revenue and optimize uh, the revenue they make from uh, th that traffic. And third is, you know, they need to engage their traffic even more. You know, we're, we're working in all three directions as of today. And uh, when you look at, you know, how our product looks at it, uh, we're doing a bunch of things. So for example, in the gaming vertical, I can go a little more specific now. We're working yeah. on something very exciting, which is uh, with rewarded ads, we'll, we'll be probably one of the few people who'll be allowing gaming publishers to do reward ads on mobile web, which as a format has done really well on apps, but practically doesn't exist, uh, you know, on, on the mobile web today. So we're very excited about that. And that's something, you know, which will be a win-win because uh, we've seen that to be a very, while, you know, you have like full takeover videos there, but they're very, very user initiated because, you know, users are opting into being those videos. So we've seen, for example, as a very UX friendly format where, you know, you have some sort of an interaction going with the user, the user opt-ins to see a see an ad for, you know, 15 seconds or, you know, 10 seconds or something. And, you know, are making a lot more revenue compared to a display from that video as well. So that's one of the things which we're very, very focused on. Uh, video in general is actually very exciting, not just uh, outstream, but we're seeing the the merging of in-stream players coming into mobile web is now uh, in terms of performance doing really really well and we're working on really optimizing it using a lot of in-house technology and how, how can people figure out more about how to better, better utilize integrating mobile and video um, for, for better optimizing their yield yeah so so it's actually if you think about it a completely uh, different product video is you know a very different way of creating content and to kickstart, if there's a website which has initial a good number of users and they've, they've reached that threshold, which I mentioned earlier, maybe a million, two million dollars in terms of visitors, the easiest thing to do is probably repackage their existing content. I'm sure you know the 80-20 rule applies in most businesses. So 80% of their traffic would be coming to maybe 20% of the pages. Exactly. Uh, what a publisher could essentially do is pick their top five or 10 pages uh, on a tactical level, uh, or you know it could be based on the overall revenue that is being generated, not just pages, the top 10 pages, and sort of repurpose that content. And there's a lot of tools which they can use today, like you know Biteable. There's there's actually a bunch of uh, tools in video, etc., which can be used to con create content without really shooting out the videos with a lot of you know resources, etc., which are available. So I would say to, to start off, that would be a first step. Uh, repackage your content, create small, you know, maybe 60 second videos and embed them on the, uh, on the, on the page and use or ask your partner or use a, you know, video player essentially to bring in whatever relationship you have on the advertising side, which is that 
any SSP or you know Google AdX, put them together and start monetizing the resources which were just created. No, that's very fundamental and very good advice. That it's part of every content strategy, general content strategy that I give advice to as well is to repurpose your content because that helps you better distribute your content, content to the main piece and topic that you're publishing about. It's very quick as well, right? It's, it's, it's very simple to get started. And, you know, as you see, as a publisher gets more confidence and, you know, they start seeing good performance on the video CPMs, of course, they can start investing more into creating unique video content too. 100%, you know, I think early in the year, there was a bit more conversation about in-app view advertising. And, you know, obviously now from what I've been reading, there's been more of a shift to video, hence why I asked you more about video. Are there any other ad formats publishers should be looking at? Is there anything else that you think, um, even like um, those, I was in a, um, I was at a seminar where Google was promoting the use of uh, PWAs as well, potentially as a way to redevelop websites and just leverage that for better advertising. Do you, do you see anything else in the market, um, especially that COVID's happened, that big publishers can leverage as well? Right. I mean, see, as you said yourself, right, PWs is, is, is one way. And, you know, I think just, and the reason why I think PW is fundamentally required is because, you know, you want to bring your users back, like retain them. I would necessarily not say just PW, but, you know, like even push notifications or something like that, essentially so that, you know, you can, you can engage with your, with your audience more regularly, whether that is through, I don't know, some notifications or maybe a subscriber list, email for that matter, you know, slot something, of course, we work with today, but we're seeing some early signs where, you know, email, for example, has started to do really well. And, you know, if you're building a nice engaging mailing list, the advertisement inside those mailing lists have started to do well, of course. From an advertiser side, it makes sense because if you have a good base of B2B users who are opening your emails, it's almost like an instant CRM match. And that's what a lot of advertisers, marketers are hungry for, right? They're not able to target their users on the display or video or, you know, just basis their work emails. A lot of people use their personal emails, etc. That's something which at least I've seen crazy CPMs in specific industries if you have targeted, you know, mailing lists or subscribers. But anyway, that's I think more from the monetization standpoint. But I think having a strong retention of users, uh, whether you do it through a notification or an app or PWA or, you know, building subscribers on email is extremely important. That basically shows the quality of the content. And, uh, you know, always stick to the basics. If you're creating great content and you're bringing back your users and they're really engaging, I think uh, there's a bunch of way they can be monetized, whether that's display, video, native. And, you know, of course, there are specialists for that. But I think for publishers, you know, the first principles are extremely important, which I keep underlying is just focus on your content. Make sure, you know, you're measuring a ton of parameters to understand how the user engagement is going on and you know how what users feel about the website and the content i think that's essentially what a publisher should focus on i think that's the number one priority and should remain that 100%. i was looking at now some of the challenges or some of the areas that the tra- transitions happening for many publishers not to beat the dead horse again you know we've seen a lot of publishers speak about now they're moving towards first party data products and and moving towards more direct guaranteed deals and stuff has that made ad push up things in a different way or where do you see ad push up trajectory as a result of some of those things that are already in transition happening so you're absolutely right you know the first party cookie or the data will be of course first party data will become very important as you know because the third party cookie world is probably going to end i think it's just a matter of time whether that happens in a year two years or i don't know if they give it a little more time but see one of the things which people 
also need to understand it is that 40% of the web is already without third party tracking. Except for Chrome, a lot of the biggest browsers are already discouraging third party cookies. In terms of impact, I think it's definitely going to change a lot of things. But you know, every challenge or every change, big industry change like that is also an opportunity. So which means there's a lot of very interesting businesses and business ideas which will come out. Uh, will it impact publishers? I think given we have so much time, maybe in the short term or there's sizable opportunities right now which exist for innovation. See, at the end of the day, what advertisers are looking for is more understanding and information about, you know, the users they're targeting and, you know, and maybe some sort of parameters. So, for example, one thing is very clear, contextual will become more important as a network because, you know, a lot of advertisers would then want to target based on the context of the page rather than, you know, if they don't understand the user directly. But I think there's, it's not going to be as simple as that. I think there will be still a lot of data which might be used. Technology can support it. It's just that, you know, where, so for example, on the server side, a lot of communication can still happen about the user. If Even if the user is not known, I think this will incentivize publishers to ask their users to log in. A lot of publishers will essentially create strategies using which they will probably share more content, premium content for a user which is logged in. Maybe, in fact, we're seeing some large publisher media houses also giving rewards to people who are logged in. And I think that will continue for a while so that there's one strategy. The other strategy is if you know people are also seeing their most uh, engaged user to become subscribers, right? Which I think is a good model for maybe if you have like recurring content, but I'm, I'm personally not a very, very big fan of that because uh, it just prohibits a lot of free access to information. So there's a lot of models, you know, I think over time they will get more ironed out, but I, I wouldn't worry too much about third party cookies. It's just something, you know, advertising has of course been from a privacy standpoint over uh, abused, you know, like abuse a lot of uh, information online. And I think we're just, you know, resetting the scales. This will actually be more of an opportunity to for a lot of tech companies to come out and build technology, which is also user centric and not just advertiser or revenue centric. What about tech, what about tech for, for ad push up? Like um, you said that there was open source data that you're using to create your own proprietary technology. Is there any new open source, open source data or every, from what I understood, you said server side doesn't really make a difference. Is there any other thing that's good? maybe change your product to be able to help adapt? So yeah, we are, we are absolutely working on a few very early state technologies right now to be able to support the first party world. But you know, they're, ju they're just too early right now for me to speak about. Probably soon, you know, uh, maybe perhaps when, you know, when we're closer to having a sort of a release, I'd be more than happy to talk a bit more about that. But we're definitely uh, exploring some some opportunities in this area. Appreciate that. Do you see much difference in working with publishers in Asia Pacific versus Europe or North America? Make a difference with, with how publishers interact with you guys or is it pretty much very consistent? the engagement that you're seeing and, and the level of partnership that you're seeing with publishers? From a publisher need perspective, I would say the challenges everywhere are the same, but uh, you know, the level of knowledge, the, the kind of stacks that they use today, how educated they are about the market, that changes a lot. And of course, local privacy regulations also play a very large role in how you work with certain publishers in Europe versus the US. APAC is still, I would say in terms of technology, far more behind at least maybe by three or four years, at least compared to a US. We still would have to educate when we're talking to a publisher in Asia, or, you know, for that matter, think about, you know, how important transparency is in the US. But if you'd speak to a lot of media houses in India or 
you know, Southeast Asia, they will still be happy with a minimum guarantee, which a lot of local partners here, tech companies have actually been exploiting, making hefty margins and uh, not really, you know, passing on a lot of advertisers spent to publishers, uh, which I think is actually very, you know, like a, almost like a draconian model of working where, you know, you're, you're working on MGs, but actually publishers are still happy with it because, you know, in their, in their mind, they think, oh, you know what, I have closed an amount. It gives me predictability, but that is coming at the cost of transparency. So, you know, and for example, if you go to the US or most of Europe, nobody, you know, you, you cannot use these models there. Transparency is is the base layer where any programmatic partner will work on today. So there's actually a lot of gaps and while their problems are the same, they all want to generate more revenue. They want more interaction, you know, better UX and more uh, interact with their current users, more engagement and more traffic. The needs are the same, but I think in terms of education of the market, there's, there's large gaps, just like the example I gave about, you know, how they like to work. Do you think that the gap will ever be closed, particularly as there's more penetration of technology in, in Southeast Asia growing more quickly than than North America, for example, do you think that that gap will ever close or do you think it's just a way that we have to deal with things because there's cultural differences as well and other stuff on top of that? What are your thoughts? So, so the gap is definitely reducing. That's uh, based on you know, my understanding. That's just what I see. But then I think the reason it happens is because for any new technology today, they definitely want to go to a bigger market first. It's just a you know matter of priority. And as markets in Asia and Southeast Asia expand and become larger, I think that gap will also get smaller and smaller because then technologies companies would be able to focus more. I think about us, you know, we have a lot of large team based out of New Delhi, India, where our technology center is, and we have access to a lot of really good talent in engineering, which is why we've been able to work on so many interesting and solve so many, you know, interesting tech problems, uh, data science problems for publishers. But while even being there, we started looking at India as a market much later. You know, even we ourselves focused on the U.S. and larger markets first. And and it's it's purely because of, you know, prioritization. As these markets are becoming larger, we're, of course, looking at them more closely as well. Makes sense. Um, I know there's still uncertainty in the air, but is there any particular plans that you're adamant that you're going to be still going through for this year or... What do you aspire to help in the publisher space to improve? Uh, what does that look like? Of course, we're uh, growing really fast. Our last uh, few years, we've been we've been growing almost three digits percentage annually, and we're planning to. I mean, we're continuing to do so. The of course the ECPM drop, which happened around April because of the pandemic in March, and you know was definitely something which the whole industry witnessed. I think we've been lucky compared to a lot of other, you know, industries in space because for us, while, you know, there was a drop in terms of eCPMs, overall business didn't really slow down because the velocity and the pipeline just exploded. We had a lot of publishers who we've been speaking to for a while, you know, suddenly come back to us, you know, they saw their revenues went down and yield optimization became the number one priority for them. So uh, in the last quarter two, uh, calendar year 2020, we've been, this quarter two, been really busy. So, and you know, now that the CPMs are actually almost, if not more at the level before the pandemic, uh, we're seeing, you know, the, the business doing really well because we, we've onboarded a lot of new publishers more than actually what we uh, were anticipating. So for, for the rest of the year, we are very, very bullish as quarter three and then quarter four comes in, we are, we're really bullish in terms of the spend. Of course, there's a lot of macro factors there, which are 
probably, you know, beyond our uh, guess here, you know, what will happen to the economy, you know, how will, will there be like a second wave, et cetera, stuff like that, which is, which is beyond us, you know, but if things uh, as of today, how they're looking, they're looking really, really positive. They're looking really, really bullish. Publishers are making, like I said, you know, in most cases, if not more, they're almost at the levels which were pre-pandemic. And for us as a business, we're looking at the, by the end of the year to be able to still continue to be able to hit our annual target, which we had set at the beginning of the year. I hope that further continues and that also continues to benefit publishers as well. So I'm rooting for you guys. So that's that's really good. No, nice to hear. Uh, just to wrap up, um, I'd just love to get your final thoughts on any advice that you give for anyone else that would like to get into the ad tech space, what your overall uh, lessons were and what would, you, what would you give advice to them? Sure. So uh, a lot of learnings and I, you know, we've made a lot of silly mistakes as a startup ourselves, you know, and in hindsight, you know, we always go back to those problems and think like, oh, that was so stupid of us, right? So I think the fundamentals of ad tech are very similar to any other market. Anybody looking to build out, I think you should have a very good clarity in terms of, you know, what business you're in, whether, and are you sell side, are you buy side? you know, what your persona is, I think. And of course, like I told you in the initial part as well, you know, we were okay with any publisher or we were happy with, you know, onboarding any publisher in the initial days. That has changed drastically. So I think focus is one thing which I would, uh, you know, if I were able to give one advice, I think that'd be focus in terms of your ICP or your ideal customer. That for anybody trying to enter ad tech is extremely important. Don't think of a very large market initially. Of course, there needs to be a big plan to make a strong, big, large business. But uh, build initially only for a small word segment or, you know, like a mid-market enterprise. Make sure you understand the exact segment you're building for because the way a publisher would behave, whether they're mid-market enterprise or a small publisher, which, you know, vertical they're in or which niche, uh, if I can say, are they, they, this changes a lot of things too. Their geography, which market you're going out. So if I have to give one advice, I think that would be to focus on a very small segment of the market first, dominate it with a strong product, and then expand in the rest of the market. I think that's something which we've learned to be very effective over the years. Okay, with that, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate that. Thank you, Wei. Thank you for thank you for the chat. It was uh, really good to actually also reflect back and and think again about all. Uh, that we've been doing and, and learning ourselves. Nice. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the State of Digital Publishing Podcast. Listen to past and upcoming episodes across all major podcast networks. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and join our community groups. Finally, visit stateofdigitalpublishing.com for premium information, resources, and become a member today. Until next time.